Did it appear to you at least that Phil Berger blinked in this stalemate? No. No. Uh, only only insofar as the casinos are concerned. Uh, but, Jeff, don't count that out. There'll be a short session coming up next year. That issue's not dead. It most likely is not, and um, can, I'm curious to see exactly where they're going to go with that in the grand scheme of things here. They've already got everything mapped out. They've got the plans for the casinos drawn. It's a done deal. It just didn't get done this year. Right. Um, and why do you think the delay? Was it intentional in your mind, or do you just think this was um, some, the casinos was the only factor, or what was it? There were some there were some big issues between them, tax cuts being one, the casinos being one. Uh, there were a number of other uh, specific issues between the House and the Senate. There's always been a little bit of animus between the two houses of our legislature. The Senate has always thought they had more power and and. Uh, ought to be able to make uh, more decisions. The House has always felt like, since they are the more representative of the two bodies, with 120 members instead of 50, uh, that they ought to have more power. And uh, most of it has has come down to, through the years, uh, who was Speaker and who was Senate President Pro Tem. There's no question about the fact that Phil Berger is probably the most powerful politician in the state of North Carolina, And so the Senate has prevailed uh, throughout the course of this. I think House Speaker Moore said, hey, this is my last session as Speaker. (laughs) I'm not going to be playing this game anymore. Uh, I'm going to stand up and take a stand. So uh, I think that was a large part of of what took place. Uh, There were some issues, but I think some of it was just uh, the, the normal competition between the two houses. We have Michelle Woodhouse in on Friday, and she said that there could be a primary challenge now for Phil Berger. Do you take that very seriously? Uh, I think there might be a a primary challenge, but I don't think it'll be very serious. Right. He's brought too many perks back to Rockingham County since he's been in power. He certainly has in many respects, and he's also been, some would argue, the most powerful person in North Carolina politics. I've said that, yes. Yes, you have. And uh, nonetheless, Governor Cooper did stand up today and formally announced uh, the budget and will include Medicaid expansion, which had been uh, waiting a long time. It was just a, it was going to happen at some point. It was just a question as to when, and of course, they were waiting for the. Yeah, there was there was a tremendous amount of political gamesmanship that took place in this whole scenario. Uh, Berger and and the Republican leadership uh, put the the Medicaid expansion bill that was passed, but the funding was not passed until a budget was approved. They essentially put Roy Cooper in a box. Roy had um, the hard choice of vetoing a terrible budget or allowing the budget to become law because it had Medicare, uh, Medicaid expansion, which he's been fighting for for seven years. Now, what he did is he has publicly said, I'm not going to sign that budget. There's too much junk in it, and I'm not going to do it. However, by state statute, if he allows the, the, the budget document to sit on his desk a certain number of days, it will automatically become law. So in the end, he's just not going to sign it. 
He's not going to sign this budget. I can promise you he won't. Yeah. It's terrible. Listen, this budget was the biggest power grab any of us have seen in our lifetime. It was 1,400 pages long. It was drafted behind closed doors, little or no debate. Lawmakers had two days to read and digest this bill before they voted on it. It is loaded with pork and special provisions. Now, special provisions, uh, by the way, is legislature, legislation that the lawmakers either couldn't pass or didn't want the public to know they had passed. Now, Democrats started it back in the 80s or maybe even earlier than that. But like with gerrymandering, the Republicans have made this practice an art fund, uh, an art form. Uh, there's some good things that are in this budget. I don't want to completely poo-poo the entire budget, but uh, most all of them design, uh, deserve uh, transparency and debate. The power grabs are the big thing. Think about it. They took more and more appointment power away from the governor. They have neutered effectively the Environmental Management Commission by putting their own appoint, appointees on it. The Coastal Resources Commission, College University Board, the community colleges, uh, they even have start up, started a secret uh, uh, police fund themselves using governmental operations and, and permitted themselves to open up op- investigations of any state agency that they feel like uh, deserves more. Uh, Berger said uh, they wanted to investigate possible instances of misfeasance, malfeasance, and nonfeasance. Well, the misfeasance, malfeasance, and nonfeasance originated and started with and should be held accountable to this legislature. Uh, They don't seem to think there's but one branch of government. I've I've been covering the legislature since 1965. I've never seen anything like this. And, of course, a lot of it comes back to the supermajority that they had with one person changing parties earlier this year. Oh, and by the way, Mm -hmm. did you see the the pork that she got in her home district? No. Millions of dollars in pork that went to Mint Hill where she lived. Interesting. Wondered if this was all premeditated, and that leaves a lot of open questions, too. But unfortunately, Tom, we ran out of time. It's so great to have you on once again here. And I appreciate you making uh, arrangements for us here on Light Notice. I appreciate it. Thank you Always so much. Always glad to talk to you, Jeff, and I'll do it whenever I can. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it.